This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello. Welcome back to another live episode of Green and White. Brought to you by Argyle Life. Just before we get into this one, a little reminder. If you're watching us live, to like, comment and subscribe to Argyle Life on YouTube or follow us on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you're watching along. Or if you're listening back on a podcast platform, be sure to leave us a review. Uh, We appreciate it. Uh, On to tonight's show. Should we call it a show? Uh, Tuesday night, under the lights, saw Plymouth Argyle raided um, of all three points as Argyle the most boring and lacklustre display imaginable. imaginable. Words are good, aren't they? Should try using them. Uh, But it wasn't just the recent discovery of a suspected World War II bomb that had those in PL2 worrying. Ian Foster's side lacking that attacking football that we've been promised upon his arrival, but West Brom must be given credit for keeping us boringly quiet. 0.01 0.01 xg and a grand total of zero shots on target leave a lot to be desired as Argyle lose their game in hand over fellow relegation candidates. Uh, joining me tonight is Finley Allen. How's things? Well, I can't hear you. I don't know if anybody else can. Uh, we'll let you sort out your own audio. Dan Ellard, how's things? Yeah, pretty pretty rotten to be honest. Uh, got a stinking cold, unfortunately. So uh, I'd say last night's performance made me ill. But yeah, can you hear me now? I can. How's things? Yeah, well, that 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 I, I know what happened there. Um, so yes, I am busy. Uh, made some time to watch the the game uh, last night, and uh, it turned out to be a very bad decision. <laughs> well, both of you have made bad calls by the sounds of it. And Joe Bell, how's things? Obviously, before we get on to the football, any important important developments from uh, the streets of Kiam? Uh, we won't be having um, any guest appearances from the constabulary who are about 20 yards from the window to my left here. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, a fun couple of days. We're, we're being evacuated from 9am. So um, yeah, it could be an interesting start to the weekend, but all good. Everyone's Everyone's safe and in good spirits, I think. Good. Good to hear. And obviously, keep us updated uh, as as events unravel uh, live on 
green and white the only argyle based podcast that will give you live updates from kiev i'm sure uh dan why don't you run us through yesterday's game first uh but with a caveat of trying not to cover all things ian foster straight away if you can yeah i'll try not to and try not to kind of sniffle too much throughout it it's not me getting emotional i promise it's just uh yeah it's just uh just the uh side effects from this from this cold um kind of going against um kind of common opinion i think um i don't think the first half was that bad uh it was boring don't get me wrong very boring but when you're playing fifth in the league i think it's pretty good that you kind of just keep it keep them quiet you know hazard only had to make one save which was straight at him um there was a, a, a shot from distance which hit the post, but, you know, has a fairly low XG chance and, and Hazard has that one covered for me. Um, yeah, so kind of sitting there at half time, um, I was thinking, yeah, that wasn't particularly exciting, but we've retained possession pretty well. Um, we've denied West Brom many chances at all. Um, let's go out a second half, be a bit more positive off the ball try and play through their press because we know what West Brom are like. They um, tend to kind of just shut up shop a little bit first half and then go more expansive second half. That's why they've scored most of their goals in that kind of early second half period away from home. Um, I was fully expecting us to kind of come out and just be a bit more positive and, and really kind of take the game to them second half, um, not expending too much energy in the first half. And you know what? That second half, as positive as I've been um, throughout this season, really, and, and throughout Ian Foster's reign so far as well, um, was an absolute disgrace. I can barely remember 45 minutes of football as bad as that. I think you're going back to, well, it's, it's probably Derek Adams' days, maybe even further back than that, to have a half of football that's that bad. I'm not sure whether we even touched the ball in their penalty area. I think Joe mentioned that we might have had one touch from like a deflected shot or something. That was, and that was it. Um, we've, from the moment, you know, they kicked off, they had 90 seconds in, not even that. They had a glorious chance, which they put wide. They then hit the post, had a header, which, you know, was um, somehow headed over the bar. Hazard made a couple of good saves and they've scored three goals. It was, it was shocking. Um, the lack of movement off the ball was astounding. The lack of any kind of tactical ideas from the manager to look at this and go, this isn't working. We're not able to play through their press. We're just being forced to pass backwards, go back to Hazard, who would kick it, hoof it up to no one in particular. Um, to look at that and think and not think we have to try and change things up here to try and gain some territory because we're not able to play through their press was just astounding. Um, no one comes out of the game with any credit. And I feel like as much as we try to not dig in on players individually, um, I don't think any of them other than Edwards and Bundu off the bench particularly tr look like they tried that hard either. It was in pretty much every aspect. It was a shocking performance, and in isolation, because as as I've said, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to kind of the bigger picture um, throughout this pod. In isolation, that second half was totally, totally unacceptable. 
and I'm hoping that there's a strong response from it on Saturday. I know Foster kind of, by the sounds of it, I, I haven't seen what he said, but from the reaction, I think his comments to the media weren't as negative as some people were hoping. But I sincerely hope what he said to those players behind closed doors was nothing anywhere near as positive as what he said to the media. Because, um, as I said, that was a, a completely unacceptable performance and not one that I, 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 I was embarrassed sitting there watching that. Yeah, Dan, um, a wild Sam Down has appeared backstage. So if you if you want to switch out, I'm happy to let you go, seeing as you're not doing too well. Uh, <laughs> I've I've done my rant and now I can go. Um, Before well, you go, let's... if there's anything you want to add and then crack on and we'll do it now. We'll mix the, the order up. Um, I'm happy to sub out for Sam. Uh, yeah, much appreciated. Um, I I don't think so. I yeah, like I say, I've I've kind of done me done my five minute rant and now I'll and now I'll tap out as it were. No worries. Enjoy rest up. I know that you're um you're planning to hit Middlesbrough uh, or Newcastle. Sorry, you go to the darts. Are you still going to wear your Foster cans? Your fancy dress? Ah, well, we've paid for them now, so yeah. Well, you Foster apologist. See you later, mate. There he is. I mean, what are we? We're not even a. Uh, we're not even ten minutes in, and the main event has already arrived. Um. Anyway, we'll go back to where we were. Joe, do you want to follow Dan's? Impassionate rant. Yeah, um, I'm probably uh, I'm well. I'm not over it because I watched it back this morning. Um, as if I wasn't glutton for punishment Hi. enough, I decided that it would be a really good idea to sit there and watch the entire 97 minutes again. Um, Why did you do that? Because I wanted to see if it was just as bad as what I first thought it was, and it was even worse. Um, I mean, look, when you watch it back, you're able to make a series of notes, and I have done. Um, we didn't have a single touch inside their penalty area in the second half. We had only one effort on goal in their, on their goal in the second half, and that was a hopeless effort from Soranola that went wide of the post. Um, Connor Hazard, incidentally, had 53 touches of the ball in this game. Um, I hope to god that they um include the punches and gathers that he made from set well there weren't many gathers it was more punches from set pieces wasn't it um i'm just checking the fop mob stats we made 299 accurate passes of which only 78 were in the opposition half um you know we we had six touches in the opposition box and as already mentioned they all came in the first period um it it simply wasn't good enough. Um, look, I you've got to take it both ways. I'm not going to be that person who's going to sit here all night looking at the bigger picture and say, "Oh, we're you know three games in six days and all that." I understand it's tough. Look, I was only on the podcast the other week saying it's it's going to be a demanding schedule on the players, um, but it's it's just as demanding for other clubs. Now I know it's only an extra day, but West Brom had three and seven. Um, so, you know, what's an extra day going to do? Because that extra day essentially for them was travelling, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It was travelling down for this game. Um, it wasn't good enough. It was a long way short of being good enough. Our night peaked in the eighth minute with Randall's fizzing effort going wide of the post. Um, 
I'm not going to go through all the players individually um, because I, you know, we'd we'd be here all night. Uh, I had an ounce of sympathy for Connor. I'm glad you are, Sam, because I'm going to go all in on the press conference when Aaron asks me in a little bit. Um, I have an ounce of sympathy for Connor Hazard. I'll be brutally honest with you. I think he is being sold short by his defenders at times um, with some of the balls back to him. I think they're making life very difficult for him. Um, I think it's clear. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to touch on a point that came out from the press conference. I won't go into full detail just yet. I think it's clear that a number of players simply haven't got anything else to give at the moment physically. Um, and that's a real issue. And I think this highlights a broader issue that the club are going to have to address for next season, regardless of what division we're in. Um, I still maintain that we are going to be in the championship next season, but things simply have to change. Um, we cannot keep folding the way we are right now. This past week, albeit I came on and praised us last week about how good we were against um, Coventry, we have a soft underbelly. Right now, when a team score, we are very easy to score against again. The complete role reversal to what we were last season. When we scored one last season, we got the bit between our teeth and we went at teams. This year... It's probably just the step up to the championship, but teams sense blood when they get a chance against us. You saw it with Leeds in the first, in the start of the second half of that replay. All they had was one attack down one flank, and they were like sharks around blood in the sea. They were swarming on us from all sides. And it was the same yesterday. West Brom got that one sniff on goal in that second half. And my word, it was a siege. They were flooding forward. There were fullbacks overlapping either side. Look, it's it's a tough it's a tough night. It's a chastening night. Um, perhaps you know, bigger picture. It's perhaps it is the sort of night everyone needed, um, just to just to ground everyone a little bit. Um, we knew this run of games was going to be tough. It isn't going to get any easier. The next three are brutal. Now, I know the third one of those three is Sheffield Wednesday away. That is massive. It was big beforehand. Regardless of what happens in the next two games, that is a massive, massive fixture. And it is daunting right now. We have got a huge month coming up in March that we simply have to get back onto, back on the horse because... Last night simply wasn't good enough. And I understand that the players are, are running on, on empty. I get it. The schedule is demanding. But Fozzie said it himself before the Leeds game at the weekend. People worked so hard at this football club over a number of years to get to this division, to have a schedule like this where you are playing in a relentless league against teams who are brilliant. And West Brom were so good last night, and it scares me that they were in second gear in that second half. They barely broke sweat, Aaron, in the second half last night. It was so comfortable for them. And that is daunting, just how easy it was for them. Um, and the big point for me is that it was a, we, ha we exposed our soft underbelly, and we've, I've been praising Foster since he's come in for the hard work he's done, making us hard to break down, making us harder to beat. 
we have conceded 10 goals in the last four league games. Like, two, two doubles and, and two, trip, two threes. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not good right now. That, that first month was promising, but February has been a brutal, brutal month, as we all expected it to be. But I, I didn't envisage a performance like last night coming, I'll be brutally honest with you. Yeah, Finn, if you thought you were going to get a word in edgeways tonight with, with Sam, Joe and Dan, uh, good luck with that. I, I will come to you in a second. Obviously, we go through the full-time thoughts. Uh, I put out the tweet yesterday, just uh, just left everybody else to sum up the game. I just uh, dejected, not something I really wanted to be doing. Uh, Lee Smith, that was dreadful. No attacking intent or threat whatsoever. We looked so poor. It was like we had 10 men all game, couldn't get anything going and the players were needed to perform uh, either didn't or couldn't because of the service. The only thing I would caveat that with uh, Lee is that normally when you go down to 10, they sort of, uh, you know, uh, solidify at the back and sort of, you know, um, cut out the, the sloppy mistakes And, and when we did the opposite. Um, Ryan would love to hear uh, John and Ben defend that absolute dross. Um, they're not on, so they can't, but, um, but I mean, I can... Um, I can say that they they didn't defend it in the in the group chat. I won't say more than that. Um, Simon Fisher, I think Argyle TV summed it up perfectly when they said they had no Argyle highlights to show. We were passive, no energy, devoid of ideas going forward. Uh, Hemmer and Gill said home by 10 p.m. was the only plus point of the evening. Uh, Aaron Wilkinson uh, said feel like pure shit, just want attacking, free flowing football back. Um, Kia, a painful watch to say the least. I could go on and on and on and on. They're, they're all along the same lines. Mr. Jones, backwards, backwards, backwards. Everything went backwards. Uh, there was a point uh, last night where I thought we'd re-signed Connor Hurahan with the booze as, as, as the ball went back to Connor Hazard. Um, before we go on to our own shortcomings then, Finn, obviously we were we as a collective were very complimentary of, of Carlos Corberan on the preview pod and you know he was obviously away from the dugout serving his touchline ban after his answer wasn't on... no he wasn't he was on the touchline he oh, was he on the touchline in full flow he was obviously just sat down then because every time i looked over to their dugout there was nobody he was, he was he was squatted down for quite a lot of it like like bielsa oh. did he would sort of like like so on it on his but except bielsa had an actual stool but corberan just just squatted. Maybe that's part of his fitness Ooh. regime or something. I don't know, but th- yeah, possibly did. Corbrand taking up the sound down role of not having a chair. Um, <laughs> that joke would never get old. Um, go on then, Finn. Obviously, before, we, like I said, before we get onto our own shortcomings, uh, how how much of a credit do we have to give to Corbrand and West Brom themselves? Yeah, they're a good side. Um, you know, but we knew that, um, and um, they got some really good players. They've got a better team than us. Yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say. That you know that we know that, and it's just yeah, that was it. I can't really say more than that. They were good. We were shocking. Um, yeah. That's very quickly, okay. Aaron. Just want to just want to jump in on on Finn's point there because it's a really important one, and we shouldn't lose sight of the fact. And I'm going to go full Nigel Farage now. Very early on, on this podcast, it may even have been after the Sampton game, I sat here, not in this exact seat, it was downstairs in my house, but I sat here and I said, 
we shouldn't lose sight over the next 46 games or however many games it was after I said it, that until we stay in the championship this season, we are a League One team competing in the championship. You all laughed at me. Well, I have to say you're not laughing now, are you? Because as Finn says, West Br- you know, let's not lose sight of it. West Brom are a very capable operator at this level. They are they are resolute, they are organized, they have talent in almost every area on the pitch. They have a very good goalkeeper. They've got excellent wingers, excellent attackers. They know how to punish you. They know how to get at you. So we shouldn't lose sight of that. However, and you know, look, they are they are better than us. And we are coming up against teams every week that will be better than us. It's just fat. But what you can do on the pitch is you can compete. You can have a sense of, you know, your, your own pride, your own, you know, it, it, it means a lot. You know, you want to you want to go out there and you want to give everything. Now, I'm not going to sit here and accuse players of not giving everything because I just don't, simply don't think they had any more to give. And that's not necessarily a criticism on them. It's just how the situation is. It's how the schedule is. And it's our squad size. But the thing is, there are ways to lose a professional game of football. And unfortunately, last night, we lost it the wrong way because we lost it. We went out with a whimper. We went out like a light. You know, that third goal is so bad. It is so bad, that third goal last night, from our point of view. That you know, it was it was un- at times it was unforgivable. The second half, it was it was really not good. But as as I said, Finn's point is right. West Brom were just better than us. You know, this shouldn't just it, it's an Argyle fans podcast, so it's going to be very much about Argyle. But you know, it's just tough, and we have to remember we have to remember where we are in the food chain. And, you know, you just got to hope that next season with a summer of recruitment and perhaps more investment that we can maybe start to bridge this gap. But right now, the gap between some of these championship clubs and where we are is only going to get bigger and we have to react and adapt as a club. And that's a long road, a long, long road. Yeah, I do like how the man who normally on most pods says we have to give credit to the opposition we have to give credit to the opposition fans i weren't the opposition great as just said this is a plymouth argyle pod so we will talk about plymouth argyle uh big fan of that joke sam obviously um going back to the point uh maybe not talking about plymouth argyle just for a split second because um something that might give us joy is not talking about argyle obviously our, our two lowest performing xgs of the season uh i won't come to chill this one because i know he hates xg uh have come and came have come up against this West Brom side, 0.01 at home and 0.35 up at their place. Is that just, are they just far too good at nullifying any threat that we have? Well, obviously they're a good team that, you know, they are fifth in the league. They are, they are the best of the rest after the four who have run away with the league, aren't they? They've been pretty consistently fifth for pretty much all of the season. So they're, they're clearly not a bad team. They are a good pressing team. We saw that last night at times. Um, but it, I am a little surprised that it was as low as 0.35 up there because I, I remembered in my head that being a pretty good performance, certainly in the first half at least. But um, maybe it was one of those where it was a good performance that we didn't actually create that much. 
you know that that that, that can happen. But yeah, um, they're a good team clearly, but um, doesn't excuse in any way the way we played. Is this a suitable place for me to give my rant on the performance, Aaron, or is that going to cover the later question? I go on. I'm going to say like I yeah I too would would uh, like to to rant as well. I think we all would really. But I, you know, I kind of just want to. I want to deal in facts about last night and not get too, and and not try and get too hyperbolic about the situation or anything like that. I'll say that the manager should go. But the fact is, last night the performance, um, the the. I'm not going going to say that the players weren't trying, but certainly the attitude. Um, to, to, to want to get back in that game was was not there. Um, you know, managers always talk about non-negotiables um, and lots of those non-negotiables were missing last night, I felt. Um, so it, there's that, but then there's also, and I won't go too deep into this because I know Joe wants to talk about it, Foster's comments after the game, whether he meant it or not, frankly, after a performance like that, unacceptable, like, you can't, you can't just essentially say that. Well, deal with it because West Brom are a good team and we're in the division and we're lucky to be here. Which is essentially, to me, what those those comments sounded like coming across. Um, you know, the fact is, we, we deserve to be in this division, and the fact we put in a performance as poor as last night. You know, you can you can give Leeds and West Brom all the credit you want, but frankly. One, particularly when you measure how good we've been at home over the last two years, one shot on target in two games and a point one XG after the reason the reason why we are in the league where we are and the reason why we've been largely competitive for a lot of games this season is because we have been so good in attack. So now suddenly that we are not that seem to be devoid of ideas tactically. Uh, you know, particularly from an attacking point of view, uh, uh, and can't seem to string two uh, free passes together, especially last night in the in the final third. Now, now that that's gone, and we're still conceding sloppy goals at the back, I'm I'm kind of starting to you know think like what I don't know what what is the someone tell me what the plan is here because if if the plan is to shore up at the back, well, currently that's not working. The, the 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 second thing is, you know, as 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 terrible as we have been at times in defence this season. Like I said before, Foster came in, we were I think top five or six teams in the league for goals scored. And over recent games, well, other than other than the Cardiff game, to be honest, under Foster, um. I don't think we've, we've I, I didn't watch the Coventry game in Italy, but I don't think, you know, I know we've scored a few goals, but we haven't really looked the threat going forward consistently. And you, you can come in and, and change ideas and, and tinker about and stuff, but it doesn't mean you have to rip the heart out, which which was, which was made us beat at the, at the, in the first place. But that's just my thoughts on it, I guess. Go on, Sam. I... I don't want to talk too much in the macro here. I want to talk a little bit about the micro because I think everyone else has summed up the macro very well. I will briefly agree with pretty much all that Finn, Dan and Joe have said. It was an absolutely 
a diabolical performance, absolutely disgraceful. Um, I thought honestly, it was awful too. And Aaron, I think that the first half wasn't good by any means. Um, I sort of came, walked down at half time, spoke to my mate who I sit with, and sort of said, "Well, we've passed it about a bit. Some of our pressing's been okay, but the." The intensity and, and the final ball completely lacking, completely sloppy, careless with the ball, um, but not totally downbeat, not totally downhearted. And there was enough there that I thought if we can just up that intensity, we might be okay. Um, it still wasn't good, but it was salvageable. Then the second half was an absolute bloody disgrace, a complete, complete disgrace. Um, basics were all wrong. All the supposed non-negotiables were, were in fact very negotiable. We had zero energy. I'm not going to say they didn't try, but it certainly looked like they weren't trying. Zero creativity. Defensively, absolutely dreadful. Um, I was speaking in the fan zone um, before the game last night, and I, and I, I really like that, actually. It's, it's, I can highly recommend it. It's, it's new. Um, and one of the things I said is that I feel like sometimes when I'm talking in person, I'm more virulent in my views than I am on the pod because I am conscious that um, maybe some players watch this pod or maybe if they don't watch it, they'll, they'll, they'll have some bits clipped up for them or they'll, or they'll hear what people have said about them. So I'm conscious not to rip too much into individual players on this pod, you know, in the same way as I maybe would after a couple of, you know, after a couple of beverages on a match day. Um, but but that can go whistle after last night because they don't deserve my sanitization after last night. Um, I thought Hazard was absolutely dreadful. I thought it, 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 he, with use of the ball, was was diabolical. Um, I, I genuinely don't think one single medium or long range pass was good. Some of the short ones around the back were okay. Um, I thought that um, Mumba, who I've defended time after time this season on this pod and off it. I, I agree with credit where credit's due, but I also agree with criticism where criticism's due. I thought Mumba had a, a really poor game. I think that Sousa on the other side was even worse. I think he didn't even, I don't think he even barely touched the ball. I don't think he ran off the ball to try and pick up the ball. Um, I, I Divine, oh, he's not a winger, is he? He's not a bloody winger at all. He's a deeper player. Um, I'll give him a little bit of credit because he's out of his best position, but he was poor as well. Whitaker was was poor, but I think to an extent is nullified by the by the stiflingly defensive style we played. Um, Hardy, likewise poor, but you know with a caveat that 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 the style that the style didn't help them. But ultimately, even with those two, you've got to say where were their, where was their urgency? Where were their runs off the ball? At least with Divine, he, he came deep to pick it up, and and I don't think those two even did that. Um, when the subs were brought on, they were a bit more high on energy, but still sadly very low on quality. The amount of times Bundu gave the ball away in about five minutes when he was on was 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 startlingly high, um, frankly. Um, it was just an absolutely dreadful, dreadful performance. Um, I'm trying to think if anyone come out of it okay. I think JB started the game quite well. Um, I think he completely dropped off. Um Randall had a had had I think a game that we've seen a lot of him this season in that he had some bloody brilliant moments, but he had some really bad moments as well. Um, you know, he, he he did okay, I guess, but sloppy. Um, 
and I'm afraid to say, I think I think Sorinola was that was quite a dreadful cameo. Um, completely out of position for both the first and the second goal. Um, goodness knows where he was, what he was doing. Um, I think, and I'm saying this because it's basics. Like I, said, I, I try not to absolutely rip in the players, and I think it's a rarity that I am doing so so much, and that's a reflection on how utterly woeful the performance was. Completely woeful. Um, I don't think I've ever been as annoyed leaving a game as that since the, the day in Accrington, uh, the Derek Adams final um, farewell. Um, that was the last time I've been as angry leaving a game as that. Um, I think Wembley was as bad of a performance as that, but it also wasn't really a competition I cared about and whatever. Um, yeah, completely diabolical. And I sadly think there are big, big, big questions about um, the head coach. Not for a minute, like Finn said, Am I saying we should sack him uh, at this moment in time? Um, but I absolutely think there are big questions over whether we've made the right appointment wrong term. I would like to go back to some quotes from Simon Hallett about the work on identifying Shuey's successor. Um, Simon Hallett did a very good interview the other week with Pilgrim's Pod, and I will credit them for it. It was a very engaging listen. Um, and I haven't yet heard part two. I will do at some point, but part one was a very engaging listen, and this is what he said um, to, to them. Our basic goal is to have a successor or two for every major position in the club. Completely, yeah, very sensible. We've been very explicit about this. We want an Argyle way of playing football. There will be little bits of differences between managers, but essentially we are going to be playing on the ground, vertical football with an emphasis on attack. That's what he said, on the ground, vertical football with an emphasis on attack. Well, let's go through those one by one. Was it on the ground at times, just if only because we were pressed so badly, we were forced to play it back and forth along the ground between ourselves. So, yeah, in a way, was it vertical? No, we were not progressing the ball well at all. And was there an emphasis on attack? I think, well, that one just stands in itself, doesn't it? There was absolutely no emphasis on attack, nor has there been in three or four of the last five games. I think the Coventry game, I'll give credit where due, we, we had a go at them for a lot of that game. But Sunderland... Uh, Leeds, Leeds in the Cup, West Brom, none of those performances were good. Now, to be absolutely clear, just so I don't get misconstrued, not for a minute am I saying that Simon Hallett was not being honest when he said that. I think he absolutely was being honest. But I think there's clearly been a disconnect between the intended replacement for Schumacher and so far how it's played out. If we Fun. go and have a go at Middlesbrough and get a win or get a draw, or even if we have a go at them and play the way that, that the club have said we want to play and narrowly lose, if that happens, then I'll say credit where due, he's learnt from this dreadful week um, that we've had. But at the moment, I think we are seeing something that is so totally diametrically opposite from what we were promised was going to be the case in the recruitment process, that you have to question, have there been some major flaws in the recruitment process. I'm seeing some comments going along the going along the live stream in the in the lines of do you slip the blame, do you slip the puppet master, and that kind of thing. Well look. Um and I'm seeing another one here saying cheap and rushed appointment. Um I wouldn't say rushed. I think we did a decent recruitment process in terms of thoroughness. We didn't just hire the first person who we identified. So I wouldn't say rushed, but I would say clearly not um, not so far how, we, how we'd hoped. And I'm I, sorry, I know I'm rambling on, but we'll let someone else speak in a minute. Um, I know this has been quite a long uh, rant, but frankly, 
I think there's been, there have to be some serious questions asked about where in the chain of command this has gone wrong, because it has gone wrong. Um, I'm not saying it's unsalvageable. I'm not saying Ian Foster cannot turn it around. But at the moment, it's it's looking so, so far away from where we want to be, from where Simon Hallett has said we want to be. Um, it, it, the, the, the total brand of football we've built up seems to have completely evaporated, and I'm very annoyed by it. Sam, I can't put words into your mouth, but I think you, what you're also saying is that you're not expecting us to go out and beat these teams because they're very good. But but because uh, I know we've been quite agreeable in, in private conversations after after the game, you know, about about the kind of the the, the the situation. And basically what what I said is like, I'm not expecting us to go and beat West Brom or Leeds or Coventry because they're very well established team, very well established teams at this level. They play very good football and with very good players. However, at the moment, when we it's only after we concede, and not at all last night, actually, but only after we concede do we actually start playing. Do we actually start pressing? Do we actually start trying to attack the team? It's like our 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 tactics, if we can even call that, call it that at the moment, is just literally sit behind the ball, try and make it as difficult as possible for the team the 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 other team to score even though we're not actually that good at, at making it difficult for teams to score. So it's quite easy for them to score. So when they do score, we just, like Joe said earlier, we just fold. We just fold. And then mm -hmm. there's, very, there's very, I'm trying not to swear, but there's very little, like, like encouragement that we can get back into the game. Because, like, like, like you know, what, what has also been a hallmark of us, you know, over recent years, it's not, we... You know, under Lowe and Schumacher, we were we we were porous at the back. We weren't that good at the back, but we always had strategies to get back into the game. We always looked like we can score, and and even under Schumacher and Juicenet this season, you know, conceded a lot of goals. But even when we conceded, you always had that confidence that we could get back into the game and score. As soon as a team scores at the moment. I'm not confident we're going to go up the other end and score. In fact, I'm not even confident we're going to create that many opportunities to score. So it's, so yeah, I guess I'm sort of adding to what, what Sam says, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I would say, if you know, you're, you're, you're not putting words in your mouth at all. I think you've, you've accurately uh, summed up the, the undertone of what a lot of us are thinking here. Nobody is expecting us to win every game. No one's expecting that whatsoever. Um, no one's even expecting us to win the majority of games. We have got a small budget for the league. But it's not, you know, it's not superhumans against, you know, humans. It's not, you know, boys against men. These are all, you know, championship footballers of a good level. And I think very often there's a bit of an unspoken assumption in football, certainly in English football, that to be pragmatic means to sit back, be defensive, grind it out. And yes, sometimes that is being pragmatic. But sometimes being pragmatic is being attacking. Being pragmatic is playing the way that suits us best. We have got a squad that has every single time looked better when we've gone at teams. The Coventry game, we was the only game we didn't lose in the three. And we went at them, we had a go at them. And whilst I will have minor complaints about certainly the end, the way we defended and saw it out, by and large, a good performance that we got in a deserved draw. And we were, again, far better because we actually attacked them. Um, Leeds, again, by far and away our best spell of the game. We attacked them, we went at them. Um, and, and then 
weirdly, as much as I'm well known for not being a great lover of Ben Wayne, I thought Ben Wayne was having his best game for the club against Leeds and he was subbed off after 60 minutes. And that was almost like a scenario of, he said, to, maybe he said to Hardy, you're going to get 30 minutes and he's not really adapted that to the game situation, but you know, whatever. Um, and then after that sub happened, the momentum dropped off, I think a bit. But um, anyway, that, that's often a bit of a tangent. The main point I'm making is, is that often being attacking and having a go at teams is being pragmatic. And not only this, I want to make one more point, by the way. It's good for us financially. Morgan Whitaker has been completely out of the last two games. And I'm not saying he's been perfect. There are things he could have done to bring himself more into the game. Um, I, I frankly wonder if he's not regretting turning down that move to Lazio, quite frankly, given the fact that he, that he could be going to the Allianz Arena, defending a lead on Tuesday night, and he, he's having to probably sit in training and watch that rubbish back instead, quite honestly. Um, but, you know, the point I'm making here is, and it's a separate point, not only is it better for our short-term hopes to play attacking attractive football, it's better for our long-term hopes because Whitaker is not in the game when we play like this. He is never in the game. When we have a go at it and throw money at teams, he's in the game. Our recruitment strategy uh, uh, is pivoted uh, sorry, I'm seeing comments saying let someone else talk. I will do so. I want to make this one final point. Uh, it's, it's pivoted around having players who shine in our system and and really raise their value. Morgan Whitaker's value would not be as high if we played like this all season. No way would he. Not one bit. And the fact that we're playing this defensive style means he's not getting the goals, he's not getting the assists, and his value will drop in the summer. Again, unless we change things. So not only is it more pragmatic short-term to play like this, to play attacking, it is more pragmatic long-term to play attacking. And we need to get this sorted out. We've gone from, yeah, I've seen a comment there from Marcus. We've gone from a Kevin Keegan style of attacking football to a boring Gareth Southgate style of football. And quite frankly, I think that's harsh on Gareth Southgate at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Joe, so, uh, we'll get on to some of the questions in the comments. I've, I've starred them. I'm going to get back to them. There's a few good ones there from... Uh, Sam and um, I'll till I die, etc., etc. But we'll get on to those. But Joe, obviously, I didn't want to dig out individuals specifically. I mean, Sam went through the whole squad, um, and basically, at least to be any fair to everyone, yeah, yeah. I mean, you called them all shit equally, which is great. Um, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure if any of them are listening, morale is through the roof. Um, do you, do you just think that maybe there's like too many youngsters have been thrown together and that creates a bit of an issue of like on-field leadership like like I said I didn't really want to single out any of the 18 year olds here but like just mean in terms of recruitment do you think like I mean I was talking last night it, it just looked like an academy game it where like there was just no like desire or effort to, to up that tempo was there I said to the people who I sit around on a on a match day um, it was after about 30 minutes you know it was the most boring first half of football I think I've ever been at I don't even think West Brom were overly great themselves in the first half I just think it was a dire game that first 45 minutes and I actually said to a couple of people in the row behind me do you remember that Roy Keane video when he sat in the Sky studio after a Man United game and he says you know when I'm not when I'm not playing well and I'm not having a great game I sort of look around and go I might smash into somebody just to make myself feel better that's what it needed last night. It needed somebody to just do something. And it goes back to your point, Aaron. I had Watching that game back this morning, I actually had a look around in that first half and I thought to myself, 
were there actually any leaders out on that football field? Like, I was sort of looking at it thinking, well, if you look at the 1-11, to you're thinking they've played enough football to know the situation. They've played enough football to understand where we're at at the moment. And even people like Galloway and Gibson, I don't think we saw enough of, enough from in that, that first half to really sort things out. Because, you know, Fozzie mentioned in his, in his post-match press conference, which I know you're going to ask me about in a minute, that we set, the, we set the press against ourselves in the second half. No, we didn't. We were doing that from the third minute of the game. We were setting it against ourselves. We were negative. We were going backwards all the time. It was we had eleven crabs out there just going from side to side. Nobody was nobody was making a forward run. There was a moment where Gibson had the ball just shy of the centre spot, and he's looking directly in front of him. And every player in a green shirt had their back to the goal that we were attacking. They were facing Gibson and they were stood still. You know, don't get me wrong. There were a couple of moments. Divine tried to flip one through for Hardy. That would have been a lovely, a lovely ball through. There was the one where Divine, you know, the bobble happened at the worst possible time. Um, you know, there were little glimpses in that first half. But it, I, I sent the, I put the video out on social media and I put it in the group chat that we all have last night. That um, it took me back a little bit to the six 0 defeat against Charlton in COVID. When Ryan Lowe said, you know, we'll sit down tomorrow, I'll make them watch it because I've had to sit through it and they can talk about it, but not much will get said. And I wonder if that was the case in the analysis suite today. How much was spoken about within the group about that performance yesterday? Now, look, I've seen a couple of people say it um, about Joe Edwards came on. I think within 60 seconds of coming onto the pitch, he, he went down that right flank. The ball went out of play and he, he was giving it all this to the crowd. And, you know, it it was a nice gesture and it, it got it got a little bit of belief that maybe something would change. But but that fizzled out. But something, whatever it was, look, everyone has bad days at the office, don't they? You know, every you know, I'll go. I could go into work tomorrow and I could have a bad day at the office. Aaron, yourself, the same, Sam, the same. It happens. It's part of life. And, and last night was a very bad night at the office. Um, but it, it just looked too bad to be true. It it just, something wasn't right. Whether it was a lack of experience on the pitch, as you say, I don't know. Go back, to, I refer to that 6-0 against Charlton. Go back to that second half of that season under low, under COVID. Two wins out of 17 games. We had a very young side that finished that season and we won two in 17. Ash is right. Edwards G in the crowd up in the Denport end when we're 2-0 down. It, it's all well and good, but it's not going to get us back in the game, is it? Um, we had no quality out there. And it's it's a real concern at the moment because very quickly that lead that we worked so hard to build up could be eroded. Um but there are there are little signs that I saw like, look, let's not forget we were good for an hour on Saturday against Leeds. It was a it was a good contest for an hour on Saturday, mainly because Leeds suddenly couldn't pass water for a period of that game. And the Coventry game was excellent. You know, I thought it, I said it last week. I thought it was our best performance under Foster last Wednesday and we shouldn't lose sight of that. 
However, this was this outdid those positives for me. And I saw signs last night that I've seen in sides that have struggled towards the end of a season. Similar signs that Lowe had in that COVID season. Very similar signs that we were seeing in games the year that Adams got us relegated out of League One. Um, we we need a quick turnaround. Um, and I suppose it doesn't get any more daunting than, than the Riverside on Saturday. I will, I will very quickly add, and I won't, again, go too much into the press conference because I know that's what you want to do, Joe. But you can say whatever you like about Ryan Lowe. Uh, you know, I think... Um, you know, I, he definitely has his his faults as a, as a manager, in my opinion. But when his team played badly, um, he was honest about it. And he went to the press and he said, you know, both Lowe and Schumacher would say, you know, wasn't good enough today. And I know, like, you can't read too much into what he said in the press. But that's all we've got. So when Foster comes out and says, oh, I can't criticise the players, I can't do this, I can't do that. Just like, what, what have you, like, it just makes us think, like, are you watching the same game that we're watching? Because uh, if you're not, I'm a bit concerned because if you think that was, well, obviously he didn't think it was okay, he didn't say that, but if you thought that was understandable last night, <laughs> you're in for one hell of a shock, mate, you know what I mean? Like, that was, the, that's it, really. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, it did feel like um, little old Argyle comments from Foster. Um, Joe, I don't think there's a better time. Do you want to just crack on and do it now? I know that you're keen to to rip apart that that uh, post-match review, uh, whatever it's called, interview. That's what it's called. Um, yeah. I'll just leave you to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you a, a nine minute rant on it. I'm not gonna go word, you know, give you a thing word for word about what he said. Um, I've just written down bullet points. Really, um, there's a few things I agree with what he said. Um, you know, he said it was it was a disappointing performance from the first goal. I think we'd all agree on that. Um, he said that we're still in control of our of our destiny, and we are. You know, we have a five-point gap to the drop zone, and although our goal difference has taken a hit, it's still probably worth one or two points to our our, our tally um, because it is still far superior to a lot of teams around us. Um, you know, he is right in what he says, as, as tough as it is for a lot of people to take. Argyll and West Brom do have two 
totally different remits this season. And if you offered us 21st place right now, we'd still all snap your hand off for it. As disappointed as it probably would be, you know, that's that's always the aim. Um, but there were, there were just a few points that really stuck out in my head. So he says that um, we didn't have the energy to match West Brom. We didn't have, he asked them at half time to, to go again. Um, we didn't have the energy. Um, and he said, he said that they couldn't give any more. There was nothing left in the tanks. They emptied the tanks for us. Um, well, if they didn't have any energy early in that second half, make changes. Why have you waited for Le for West Brom to go 2 nil up before you've tried to freshen it up? The game's gone. We're unlikely to get back into it with the way we were playing at 1-0, let alone 2-0. Um, he, he then makes all these suggestions about didn't have any energy, we ran out physically, you know, squad isn't able to cope with three games in six days. But he says the replay had a detrimental effect physically, but we're not making excuses. We just have. You've just told us that three games in six days has caught up with a group and we couldn't cope with it. You've therefore made an excuse. Um, so that was a bit contradictory. Um, he then also goes on to say, and, and this is what really baffled me about what he said. He says he was asked why Dan Scar and Callum Wright weren't in the match day squad. Now, look, people can make up their own opinions on why Dan Scar and Callum Wright weren't in the squad. They can make up their own opinions as to whether or not Dan Scar and Callum Wright are up to championship standard. That's a matter of personal opinion. He goes on to say that we bemoaned the fact that against Leeds, we didn't have enough players. And last night we had too many players to pick from because we can only name a squad of 20. He said the squad was picked based on this game and the opposition and how players have gone in recent games and in training sessions. Now, let's just pause for a minute. Let's just take in what he's just said, because he told us at the very start of that press conference that three games in six days has caught up with us. And it's even it's a bigger picture than three games in six days. It's about seven in the last, what, 19, 20, Sam? Something like that. It's been, a, you know, we've played Saturday, Tuesday since the start of the month, since the end of January. So there's a lot of games that have been played. If you've got all these players to pick from, why are we not rotating the squad more? Joe Edwards hasn't even seen a pitch for a little while before last night. Bring him on. He's not tired. Get him on the pitch earlier. The only way, and this is going to sound really, really knee-jerky, if you like, the only way I will believe that Foster stands by his comments that the games have caught up with us, the players have emptied their tanks, they can't go on anymore, is that on Saturday, our starting eleven is Callum Burton, Joe Edwards, Julio Plegazuelo, Dan Scar, Mikel Miller, Jordan Houghton, Joe Edwards, Mustafa Bundu, Callum Wright, Ben Wayne, and Adam Forshaw if he's fit. You know that's that's too many in it. That's twelve. Um, but you get this, you get the point I'm trying to make. The only way I will believe him that the players emptied their tanks and this, we couldn't give any more 
is if we see 11 changes or a significant number of changes. If we're only refreshing the fullbacks on Saturday, we're going to be in the same situation, aren't we? Just because we get an extra day's rest. That extra day is taken up by travelling to the other end of the bloody country. We've got to travel 400-odd miles on Friday. Now, I know they're going to fly and they'll be there in 45 minutes. But it just didn't it didn't really make sense. And look, I'm not I, I'm in a way I'm calling the guy out. I feel for him because he's come in the door and it has been relentless. He's had to deal with a transfer window that none of us expected. And he's had to deal with a game on average every three days since he's come into the building. It's been tricky for him. I get that. But I mean. How can you say all of that about, you know, the replay was detrimental and it's had it's had its toll physically, but we're not going to make excuses. Like, I get he doesn't want to call the players out. I get he doesn't want to throw this young squad under the bus. And we have to remember this is a young squad. He said it last night. It was the youngest squad that we've named all season. I get that. He's gone for the energy. He's gone with people who are quick to throw everything at West Brom. But it just didn't work. It backfired horrendously. And I, I'm i going to say it, we threw the towel in second half. We had nothing more to give and we threw the towel in. And that was the most horrible thing to see. That, that, that last 10 minutes last night was painful. And Aaron, I'll hand over to Finn now, but I do want a little bit of ref watch as well. Sorry, Joe. You, so you made a point there about... Um... He made the well, you made the point about him making the point that it was the youngest team that he played all season. But this is a guy who about two or three times when he first came in said that he doesn't look at birth certificates when picking a team. So that can't be an excuse. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you either you either go one way or you go the other, mate. And like, you know, you can't just be like, oh well, the the the, the replay was detrimental. And and Ben makes a very good a very good point in the comments where it's like his squad isn't tired his favorite players are tired like he hasn't utilized the squad he doesn't from what i've seen so far utilize the squad he makes he's, he's been making strange substitutions by in the last few games which is like subbing both fullbacks off and subbing another two fullbacks on like what is that actually going to do like so not only is He's making strange substitutions. He's making them at strange times, and they're not having an effect on the game. And so he's got no excuse to say like my squad is tired when he's not utilizing the squad properly, and he's running it his was, players out. He's running his players into the ground. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It was it was ninety seconds. After the two fullbacks were changed, that um, West Brom scored last night. Yeah. It, you know, I'm not saying that the two fullbacks would have prevented the goal, but 90 seconds later, that we were picking the ball out the back of our net. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, and 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 like, you know, that's I, I I've kind of saved it until now, really. But I, I said like two, three weeks ago, you know, he was praised for his substitutions in the first FA Cup game against Leeds. But they were just like-for-like like subs who we thought, as fans, should have started the game. Now, I'm not saying every sub has to be some... I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Not every sub has to be 
uh, you know, a, a change in system or a massive technical change, it, sometimes it can be a freshen up. But when you're 1-0 down already and you haven't had any of the game like we did last night, you need to change the game. You can't just do like-for-like subs. Like, I can... I don't know... I know I'm passionate about football. I haven't done loads and loads of courses like Ian Foster has. But I could try and change it. I could try and change the system to what I saw last night. This guy is paid to do things like that. And all he did last night was bring on like-for-like subs that weren't going to affect the game. Like, if we weren't getting forward anyway, how was the fullbacks going to affect the game when we're already defending that badly as it is? Yeah, Sam, I'm I'm aware maybe you're not the best person to come to uh, for, like, a balanced view, especially at the moment when you're so... I don't know what you mean, mate. Oh, go on. Well, obviously, two, you know, less than two weeks ago, what was it, 13 days ago, Ian Foster was nominated for Championship Manager of the Month after the whole of January unbeaten. Just just how has it gone so sour? Well, I suppose I would say that he ultimately only had two league games in charge in January, which was a creditable drawaway at Huddersfield and a good win at home to Cardiff, which was the best performance of the Foster era. I guess, if I'm honest now, the signs were always there that it could go badly wrong. Um, in the respect of the Swansea game, as much as it was an amazing moment, we got that first away win that I badly, badly desired, that we'd all badly desired, and we had an incredible evening celebrating. Now, thinking back in the calm light of day, did we play that well that day? Not really. We we, did, we didn't play dreadfully. We probably, um, thank you, uh, Andy Davies, has a great view of my chin, and I think I couldn't agree more, Andy. Um, um, so, yeah, I, I think we, we didn't play badly that day, but did we play well enough to deserve a win? Probably not. If Charlie Petito in that last minute hadn't scuffed the ball directly at Connor Hazard in the last minute, that's 1-1, one, one, and that's a very miserable trip home. Um, whereas I don't really think we've had the reverse. We've not really had a game where we've dominated and, and not won. Um, so I think in truth, we're a little lucky to um, have as many points as we have from those games, to answer your question. Um, yeah, look, I'm not saying it can't be redeemed, but even in the Huddersfield game, yes, a draw was fair. Huddersfield were very poor, but the signs were always there that we were getting the results, but not really the performances. And well stacked. Whilst that's fine if it works, it is more likely in that scenario that when the results do drop off, then the patience is going to run a lot thinner than if we're losing and playing well. So I guess that is my best explanation of how it's gone so wrong so quickly. Yeah, um, Mike's comment there about we're the only side in the bottom 10 uh, not to have sat their manager this season. I mean, Mill have just let Joe Edwards go today. So that's, you know, slightly mistimed. But. Um... Yeah, and also we're not, because Sheffield Wednesday sacked theirs early on. And that's just off the top of my head. Stoke must have sacked one to pick up Schumacher. So, yeah. Yeah, they sacked Alex Neal. Yeah, basically everyone's, everyone's sacked their yeah. manager that's down there apart from us. Yeah. Yeah, OK. Um, yeah, should we move on to some of the questions that I starred earlier? Um, I don't know which way round we're quick, going. Can I, can I quickly chuck in RefWatch before we get on oh. to that? Or is, one of them, or is one of them about RefWatch? Uh, I, I can promise you, Joe, 
no one today has asked about whether the ref was any good after that abysmal performance last night. But if you want to do it quickly, go on, chuck it in. Well, I'm surprised nobody's asked about the referee, given we had a perfectly good penalty oh, turned down right. in 16 right. minutes. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Marcus says, uh, do you think we deserved a penalty? And there was another one that said something about JB should have had a penalty. There you go. So, so sorry. Sam turns Sam turns his nose up at it there when I mentioned it. And I, I I watched it back today. And at the time, I thought JB went down rather softly. Now, I've seen it today. And there was an incident eight minutes after we weren't given a penalty where the ball comes into our box and Jed Wallace, it made, I think it was Jed Wallace, was stood in front of Connor Hazard. And he does nothing. He just stands his ground. He doesn't do anything. And Hazard couldn't get to the ball properly. The referee gave a free kick. Now, there was no push. There was no nudge. There was nothing. Wallace just stood his ground. Now, you go eight minutes previous to that. JB is running towards goal. Chalabert gives him a forearm in the back extends his forearm, pushes him forward, sending JB to the ground. There is absolutely no effort to play the ball whatsoever. It is a deliberate challenge to stop the man. It is a penalty. And how the referee hasn't seen it, Chalaba knows it himself with his reaction. Go, go back and watch it and look at Chalaba's reaction. He knows it himself. It is simply unbelievable that we didn't get that penalty. Um, and Foster was asked the question last night about, you know, his predecessor mentioned it about Plymouth Argyle not getting decisions. And it's just a running theme, isn't it? Just add it to the list. I sat here earlier in the season and, and I think I counted nine huge decisions that had gone against us. It is ridiculous. Does that change the game? I don't know, because we'd have something to hold on to. The tanks would still have been empty at full time. We'd have still had the same problem about whether or not the players could go again. My other big issue with the referee last night, and again, like a lot of weeks, it has no bearing on the result, is the added time at the end of the game. Now, a lot of us were quite unhappy that we had to sit through another six minutes of it. I get that. However, I, when I watched it back earlier, I counted how long at substitutions, at goals, and when the physios were on the pitch, how long the game was stopped for. Nine minutes and 48 seconds. That's without Palmer time-wasting, without players taking their time over throw-ins and whatnot. And he only adds on six minutes. The six minutes alone for the substitutes, the idiot. I mean, it's just... Foster said it himself. He worked out very quickly that we weren't going to get any decisions off that referee last night. And it goes back. He, he was at Huddersfield, Sam. You were there, Aaron. You were there. We, we saw his performance at Huddersfield. I'm going to ring Josh tomorrow. I hope, I hope you're in, pal, because you're going to get a load of abuse for that. Um, but, you know, we were at Huddersfield. We saw his performance there. It was alarming there. And there was nothing there last night to tell me that he was a decent championship referee so um it's frustrating i do think we should have had a penalty that's my big rant about the referee over with yeah i mean the lack of you know added properly added on minutes at the end i'm not too bothered about 
we could have we could have blown up a good ten minutes early, and I promise you, I wouldn't have worried at all. Um, let jump into some of the some of the questions then. But before we do that, I've got one more. Um, Finn, I'll come to you. Seen as I, I, I seem to miss you out for some reason, not intentionally. Um, you know, obviously, could it just be a case, you know, of the head coach role is new to the club, and we've not. Uh, it's not the way we've previously done things, and it's a learning curve for everyone, including the higher ups like uh, Juice Snip, etc. And obviously, the lack of uh, coaching staff at the moment is obviously a bit of a worry too. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I guess. But what I would say to that is, it's a very risky decision to make at a very risky time. If you don't know, if you don't know how it's gonna go as it as a club, like. And, and and it's very you know it's, it's really weird like in that yeah it's weird I, I'm just gonna say it is it's weird it's weird that Foster has been asked about bringing um uh people into the club and and he and he's just like oh I'll just see how it goes I'll see what I've got who have we got tell me who we've got you know we've got Kevin Nantigamil we've got uh. Uh, Reese Wilmot, if if he wants to be goalkeeping coach, uh, but we now we've got, a, we've, got we've got that guy's name that I can't we've say. Got, we've got Daryl Flahaven, yeah, like, like, right? But but like, <laughs> like like, shall I just ask like Dave from the Life Center if he wants to be assistant manager and like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, why? What? Where? What? Where is the? Where is the staff? Like, I don't under. I basically um, I am basically at the moment. I I am I am confused as to what direction we are attempting to go because everything that we seem to be trying to do at the moment is kind of turning out to be a paradox of what either we're told or we've been promised or what we or what the ambition is, like you know. Um, Foster talked about, um, you know, how good it was to have, you know, Roberts and Saka, uh, and 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 like, you know, them them playing and and how good that was for the club. And I'm not suggesting they should have played like, you know, last night, for example, and it wasn't the right game to put them in. But um, I did see a comment in the in the in the you know, in the, in the chat, I said, if uh, if Foster doesn't look at birth certificates, why hasn't he used Zachamore? Because we, you know, like last night was was not the right game to put him in because we were playing terribly. It's not it's not fair to subject him to that. I don't think, and then take some of the some of the blame for it. But we are so short on forwards, like, and they got and the 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 kids got talent, so what's what is there to lose and he's barely used him really yeah joe let's uh no sam joe's already done a big run apologies mike you are right i I read your question wrong your statement even you said oh you said nine out of the bottom ten have sacked their manager and we haven't you're right we, we lost ours to uh um some club in staffordshire um sam I'm going to ask you a question from the other Sam or STB as he goes by on on Twitter. If and obviously he stresses if with asterisks, uh, this continues. Do the club have the balls to make a change? 
Uh, yes, and I, I just amuse me every time you bring up his comments, seeing his profile picture on Twitter again. Um, yeah, um, good question, Sam. Um, I think Simon Hallett will be very conscious. That I think he knows in his heart of hearts he left it probably too late to sack Derek Adams when we were plummeting. Um, look, Simon Hallett is, is a very clever bloke. You don't, he doesn't get to where he is in his life, in his career, and he doesn't get Plymouth Argo where they are without him being a clever bloke. You know, doesn't mean we always agree with every decision, but he's clearly a very clever bloke and been a very good chairman and a very good owner without a shadow of a doubt. He is not a daft man in any way, shape or form. I think whether he admits it publicly or not, and look, of course, I wouldn't expect him to admit it publicly. He's the club chairman. He has to hold the line. But I think he will surely, will surely know that there is a very big disconnect between the vision he set out for the new manager and what we are seeing in reality. A very, very big disconnect indeed. Um, so I think he will be conscious of that. Wh- whatever he says publicly, I think he will be privately conscious of that, and he's quite rightly so. Um, and I think he will be conscious that state survival in this league is everything, financially. Um, it's the difference between about 12 to 15 million and, and not having it. It's as simple as that. I think if we are plummet, I, I don't think he's going to sack him today or tomorrow. I don't think he'll sack him if we lose on Saturday. I probably don't think he'll sack him even if we lose to Ipswich as well. But um, I think that if we are plummeting and if we are in the relegation zone or looking like being in it, um, then I think he may well make that decision to sack him, in all honesty. Yes, good question from Nick. Sam, how many days ago was it that you sincerely thought Foster was an upgrade on Shuey? I think it was about 4pm on 10th of February. Um, Nick, I, Nick, I was blind drunk at 4pm on 10th of February. That's my only answer. <laughs> no, um, I, no, I think I, I said, I sort of said it after the Swansea game of like, wow, he, he might be, he just might be. But I didn't firmly say that I thought he was. Um, and and if I did say that, I may have mistyped it. Um, or let's be honest, very heavily influenced by alcohol. And having looked back um, at the at the time as i mentioned in response to the earlier question if we were being brutally honest and not having a rose tinted vision the signs were always there that we weren't quite as good as the result indicated that day it's one i'm gonna do um joe's job for him now which is to say that sam's saying that ian foster might be better than uh then then Schumacher is is definitely a cause to uh, drink responsibly. Please drink responsibly. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Don't 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 be like me. It's, it's, really, it's not it's not it, it's not it's not worth it. Um, no no, I'm 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 joking. I'm, I'm kind of um, anyway. I um, yeah. Look, I, I don't I don't think Foster is an upgrade on Shuey at the moment. Like that, it's not that he can't turn it round. I think he could turn it round. There have been some good signs in some games. Um. Cardiff and Coventry, primarily the two. Swansea, to an extent, you know, I'm not saying we played badly. We probably didn't play well enough to win the game, but we played well enough not to lose it. Um, so, yes, there have been some good signs in some games. And, yes, I did get a bit carried away. But, like I say, in the cold light of day, the, the signs were always there that there was underlying problems. And, boy, oh, boy, have we seen those problems really come to the fore the last fortnight or so in a very big and very dramatic way. Um, being 
defensive minded is okay in, in the short term if it helps see us to survival. But now we've been defensive minded and are just shipping goals left, right, and centre anyway, which is nowhere near good enough. That's my answer. Um, yeah, the crazy pilgrim asks so, do you think there's some sort of discontent within the squad happening suddenly in the background? Just the thought. I think. Um... There's been a few like screenshots and things doing the round on like group chats and uh, on Twitter and stuff. I don't really want to speculate on those until uh, anything is is uh, a bit more um, public, I suppose. I don't know because obviously you know they could just be nonsense, um, and hopefully they are because um, we don't really need that. Uh, there was a question somewhere, Jason Kylie. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Um, Joe, do, do you think we'll stay up? Obviously. You know, it's one win in seven in all comps now. 13 games left, four points above the drop. Just how much of a worry is relegation now? It's always been a worry. That That's the political answer. It, it's always been a worry ever since um, the fixtures came out in, in June. We've always been worried that, you know, it may only be a one-season stay in the championship. Go back to what I said earlier. And say we survive this season, we are a League One team operating in the championship. That is just fact. Um, do I think we stay up? Yes, I still do. Um, because I do think there are worse teams in the division than us. On last night's showing, that's a bit of a push. But last night, you would like to think, was just a one-off. Because it was just abysmal for 90 minutes. Um, so. You know, I'm not going to make any rash judgments as to whether or not we're going to stay up now off the back of one real, real poor showing. Um, I do still think we're good enough and I do still think there are three worse teams than us. If that's the reason that keeps us up, I'm not going to complain. I couldn't care. I don't care how we stay in the championship as long as we stay in the championship. So... um you know, I, I don't care if it happens with 10 games to go, with five games to go, or whether it happens with the very last kick of the game on that final game of the season at home to Hull. I do not care. So um, <laughs> I've, just, I've just read the comment that's on the screen. Um, so we'll just have to take it game by game. But I really do think we're, um, we're in a decent position. I've just seen another comment in the chat here. What teams? Um, I think Rotherham are uh, as good as down. Um, I think Huddersfield are gambling on their appointment. Um, I think they've gambled all season, to be honest with you, with their appointments. Um, I think Millwall have not made a smart appointment, in my opinion, tonight in bringing back Neil Harris. Is he the first manager to do League Two, League One and the Championship all in the same season? I think that would be some sort of record. I, I reckon um, he must certainly have been sacked by League Two as well. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Yeah. You could maybe see it happening the other way, where you get sacked by the Championship in August, you know, sacked by League One in January, and then go to League Two at the end. But to actually be sacked in League Two and then to make your way up to the Championship is unheard of, isn't it? It's a decent effort, and I, I've always maintained that I've always thought Sheffield Wednesday would get out of it, um, and I do think they will get out of it. QPR are a bit of a Bit of a mixed bag. They seem to put in one good performances and then three bad ones. But right now, so do we. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a dogfight. 
And as a group, we all have to ask ourselves, and you know, this isn't probably isn't a discussion for tonight because we have been going for quite a while. But one thing to take away from everyone for tonight's episode: just sit there and ask yourselves, is this side up for a dogfight? On what we've seen in the last six days, just answer that one in your own heads. Um, I'd also add to that that look, we we. I, you know, us staying up this season would be a fantastic achievement, all things considered. With, with, with all the adversity we've had to go through as a club, um, and um, and yeah, I, I think. But having said that, you know, it would be a it would be I now from the position that we have got ourselves into this season. You know, we were one minute away from being 10 points clear of the relegation zone uh, against Coventry. And so if we were to scrape survival, I wouldn't care. I'd be ecstatic. Like if we were to scrape by the last game of the season, last kick of the season, I'd be ecstatic, but it would be a disappointment because all season we have, you know, done really well, but we have maintained, you know, a a sizable buffer to the well not sizable but but a, a comfortable enough buffer towards the relegation zone so um for us to scrape survival now would show a depreciation in our results and our performances and the managers the man this manager has obviously come in as a long term uh solution not not a short-term solution if it were if we wanted a short-term solution we would have gone and got neil warnock until the end of the season but we got ian foster because um the people in on the board believe that he's the guy to take us forward and he might still he might still be and we might still be going for a sticky patch but if we were if our results continue to depreciate in the way that they are and we um scrape staying up it would leave me um, questioning um, how we're going to fare going into next season because we wouldn't have we wouldn't have ended it on a high. In fact, I think the the the, the feeling would be would be quite negative. I know I'm speaking about you know what might may or may not happen, but I'm just saying that if if, if you know if we do stay up by any means, excellent. But I would like it for it to be a bit more comfortable than. The last game of the season, as I'm sure we all would, but you know, we, 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 we've been good enough and enough times this season to know that we can beat enough teams in this league that we don't have to finish 20, uh, 21st and stay up. Yeah, Sam, and just before we um head into the Middlesbrough preview, do a quick one on that. Um, obviously, you've not really given your thoughts on whether we, whether we stay up. I think we will probably stay up um, just because whilst I think I maybe got too excited about Foster in those good times, I'm as fuming as I am, also not going to go too far the other way. I still think there is a, a chance that against the lesser teams, we will just get enough wins to get over the line. And if we are absolutely plummeting like a stone, as I mentioned in my earlier answer, I do think Simon Hallett would would make a change if really came to shove. And I just want to say, for those of us listening live, Matt Butcher scored a 90th minute winner for Wickham to send them to Wembley in their Pizza Cup semi-final. I only hope his experience at Wembley is better than that of last season. 
Yeah, I mean, he's not going to need to take selfies like 20 minutes before kickoff this year, as he say. He's got all of those from last year, so I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be fine. Um, Joe, I think this is where we say goodnight to you. You've got a you've got a pack and evacuation bag, so I'm going to love you and leave you. Then we'll we'll just quickly do a. I'm off to um, prepare myself for a couple of days out of the house and fingers crossed the emergency services and everyone do their bit to make sure the the house is still standing by the weekend. So, um, yeah, um, I just while I'm here, I've done it on Twitter. Just a big shout out to the the police who are literally the other side of my window um, and all the emergency services in the area. They've done a great job here in Keyham over the past 48 hours in calming everyone, reassuring them. Um, and it's now over to the Navy, Ministry of Defence and the Army to uh, make sure that everything's dealt with safely. So I'm off. Um, I'll see you all at the weekend. I'm hosting, Aaron, aren't I? At the weekend. You're hosting, you're hosting the next two. I am two. hosting. Yeah. Oh, oh, OK. I've, oh, yes, I forgot I agreed to that. So, yes. Um, enjoy the preview for Borough um, and see everyone on the weekend. See you, Joe. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is where we switch to this new... Oh, that works. There we go. Finn's quite big. Uh, our little three up. Uh, obviously, Middlesbrough, GT saying that Middlesbrough is a massive game now. So more after uh, more so after last night. Obviously, Saturday sees us trek all the way back up to the northeast after recent trips to Sunderland. Uh, and if you're counting it, uh, Leeds. Not really northeast, but whatever. Uh, I got moaned at by a Leeds fan last week in the comments for... Asking if it was in Yorkshire, and apparently my geography is terrible. So the northeast, as we face off against, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to start with them here, Aaron. Leeds is very obviously in Yorkshire. I'm sorry, I think, I, I think they're right there. <laughs> I literally stumbled and got shit for it. Um, obviously, we face off against future England manager Michael Carrick's Middlesbrough side, who have gone, who had gone five games without a win before their two-one win over, you know, title. Uh, title winners elect Leicester City last weekend. Um, Finn Borough sitting 13th in the championship, having finished last season in fourth. How do you see this one going? Uh, I can't say I'm too confident. After, I'm sorry, can't say I'm too confident after last night. Um, I think you know, I don't, I think it in some ways it is important to maybe try and look at it it's just a really bad performance last night but if i'm realistic do i think it's slightly symptomatic of the way that we're setting up at the moment yeah so do i think it's going to take a bit of a while even if you know do i think it's going to take a bit of a while for us to get um some positive especially uh, middlesbrough have a very good side like and, and uh, no one needs to be introduced to finna's ads he's one of the best attacking midfielders in the division and uh, I think it's going to be a very difficult weekend for us. Unfortunately, I think we're going to lose 2 0. All right. So you've done the, the score predictions and the Finners as preview early. I um, obviously, Sam, you'll know this anyway. So I don't know why I'm telling you, but obviously, our last trip to Middlesbrough was in October 2009. A 1 0 win for Argyle, thanks to Jamie Mackey's 64th minute winner. Uh, do you see Saturday's fixture going the same way? Um, no, um, <laughs> no, um, Middlesbrough, it would be great if we did. Middlesbrough is one of only four grounds in the EFL where we have a 100% winning record. The others being Salford, Wimbledon and Forest Green, uh, the other three. Uh, it was Cardiff, but the draw this season 
put pay to that. Um, yeah, I was there that day. I was um, I was sixteen. Went on the travel club. Um, our our girls only visit to the Riverside. My only visit to the Riverside. We won one nil, and um, Adam Johnson of of later notoriety missed the penalty for Middlesbrough that day that would have equalised it. Um, yeah, incredible day. I remember Johan Foley who had um been left out completely frozen out of the team came back into the team that day had a very good game and we won one nil so maybe um <laughs> i've just seen that comment let's hope joe's house is still standing we know sam will be that's that's super <laughs> but yeah um yeah i think that um maybe if it's um callum wright playing the role of johan foley of being brought back in from the fold and having a fantastic game and we win one nil keep our hundred percent record at the riverside up would be great i don't think it's going to happen um i think they're a they're a good team i think they're a team who have been based on what i can sort of see of their underlying data a little bit worse than their results sorry a little bit better than the results the results have been worse than their performance did i think there is an upturn around the corner for them um and I think it's one of those games where it could be such a highly fractious, tense atmosphere. If we go one or two behind early, it could turn quite ugly. Uh, I really hope I'm wrong because a very big response is needed after the shambolic performance on Tuesday night. Um, a big response is needed. I don't think we're going to get one, in all honesty. I'm not expecting anything from the game. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know, I think I may have mentioned it on previous podcasts, me and... Uh, Dan and a few others are going up for a weekend in Newcastle. We're watching the darts tomorrow night and uh, night out on the tune on Friday night. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that the Saturday will be the, the 90 minutes of football in the middle of the weekend that, that brings it down most probably, but hopefully not. Maybe I'm being a miserable, negative cynic and we will, as I said earlier, win. Um, but I'm not got my hopes up. No, I mean, that's always, that's the Argyle way, isn't it? Even obviously on, on course to winning that league title of 101 points, it always felt like that 90 minutes away is what ruined pretty much every weekend. Um, yeah. Um, just to reverse the order, come back to you quickly, Sam. Obviously, um, this will be the first time we've faced up against Finazaz since his January departure. We're all very aware of his qualities. Uh, but who else have they got in that side that we need to look out for? Um, well, you've put me on the spot a bit now. Um, <laughs> I haven't really done a great bit of research on their team. I, I feel I should know. I, I feel I have a, a reasonably decent knowledge of the championship. But when you've actually put me on the spot like that, it's, um, oh, it's difficult. I'm trying to think who they've even got, to be honest with you. It's, um, pass. Can you come back to me on that one? Um, I think Finn is Arsene's, um, he's obviously a very, he's obviously a very good player, as we know. I'm just going to look and see who scored in their most recent games and that'll bring, see if that'll bring me back with a bit of knowledge on their team. I've, Afraid that I did zero prep for that. In my slight defence, I only um, came on this podcast rather late. I initially wasn't going to be on tonight, but I swapped in for Dan, who was was feeling very unwell. Well, they, they've got a couple of other players who we were looking at signing in the summer. I think Silvera, who they, they got from the A League, is one. Um, Riley McGree is, is quite a quite a liked player by their fans, I believe. Um, so yeah, obviously that's most of their attacking players covered. Um, Paddy McNair, formerly of Man United, solid defensive player, uh, and recently in January they brought in Luke Ayling, who was a very good player in this in, in this league with uh, with Leeds for quite some time to come. So yeah, I think uh, after having a brief uh, 
glimpse at their team sheet. I think I uh, recovered from that curveball rather well. Maybe listeners may disagree, but um, yeah, they've got a they've got a solid enough team, and I think they will. Um, uh, Matt Clark as well in, in defence. I think they will will upturn. No, I only came to you on that one because when, when we mentioned Leeds, you, you listed off their whole team uh, like an encyclopedia. Leeds are on, yeah, Leeds are on, t- on telly every week, though, aren't they? It's very easy to be familiar with their team. <laughs> you, you can't, can't not see Leeds. Um, yeah, my knowledge on Middlesbrough is not nearly as good as my knowledge on Leeds, but in my defence, um, I think I just needed a bit of brushing up. I didn't really have the same pre-prepared script as what I had. And I've had, having looked at their team now, it has brought back a, a bit of memory. Uh, they've got um, Barlacer in midfield, who was a very good player, who they poached from Rotherham, was a very big part of Rotherham's title-winning season in the COVID year under Paul Warren. So he's a good player as well. I think he played pretty well in the game at home park, if I remember rightly. What was that, Finn? Warniola. Oh yeah, well yeah, Warniola, of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, they 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 after despite my initial uh, struggle to remember any of them, they have got a pretty tidy team. Yeah, um, Finn, I was gonna we were gonna talk about Michael Carrick. Uh, currently has a, a win rate of around fifty four percent, which is, um, if my stats are correct, the highest in Middlesbrough's history. Uh, I was going to ask you of the job he's done there, but to be honest, uh, I want to go to bed at some point tonight. So uh, I'll skip a question. Uh, they've somehow managed to keep less clean sheets than we have in the league this season. Um, God knows how. Is it? Is this the game where the attacking football that we were promised could click into place? I hope it comes out at some point. Um, I, I think I'm. you made a comment to me, Sam, maybe last week you said, I said, after these two, if we don't attack in... I mean, obviously, I wasn't expecting a performance as bad as last night. But I said, I'd really like to to see us, you know, um, if we can't... If we don't get more attacking in, in the next two games, that was West Brom and, and Middlesbrough, then I'd really like us to see to see us start doing it against, against some... Uh, Against uh, you know Blackburn and, and Sheffield Wednesday teams that we, we we should be confident of beating and and Sam said screw that we should do it in both these games as well and uh, and even wrong so I'd really like us to well I think after all of us after last night would like us to go on a bit uh, go go I've lost my words go on the front foot a bit more. Oh, you've dropped out, Aaron. No, I just didn't click on mute. Um, no, I was uh, saying that I was saying that we're um, we could go on for a little while longer, but I'm I'm pretty done. I'd like to go to bed, um, and also you know just the prospect of playing Middlesbrough after what we watched last night just doesn't excite me at all. If I, if I'm being honest, excited um, Ian Foster, so you know well, exactly. He's very excited, and you know I hope. I hope that he sorts it out and, and, you know, we get back to that attacking football that we were promised. Um, uh, I'll double these questions up then quickly. Just both of you, what changes would you expect us to make and then just give us a score prediction? I know you've already done that, Finn, but... Um, For me, I think this is a a statement game in terms of making changes. I would would make quite a lot. Um, I wouldn't make Burton for Hazard. I've seen a few people suggest it, but I think Callum Burton in the Championship would get found out. I would go 3-5-2 because I think one of the problems is um, we are, as much as I was in favour of 3-4-3 rather than 4-3-3, all those times under Schumacher, I was saying we need to go back to the old formation. I think I was wrong, actually. 
I think we're actually better with, I think we were better with the extra man in midfield. So as much as I like to gloat when I'm right, I'm going to fully hold my hands up when I'm wrong. And I think I was wrong. Um, so I think we need to get that extra man back in midfield. With the January departures, do we still have the personnel for four at the back? Possibly not. So I think the next best thing is three five two. That still gives the extra man in midfield. So I would go, I would completely shake up the back three because of how poor it was. I'd go Plegafuelo, Scar and Galloway as the back three. Um, I'd go um, the midfield trio of Houghton as the single pivot with Divine and JB just ahead of him. Because I think, no, no, Divine and Randall just ahead of him, actually, because I think Randall is probably more deserving of a start than JB based on recent games. And Divine is definitely a CM. He's not a winger, despite our attempts at playing him there. And then as the, obviously, the wing backs, I, I would go, I would go Edwards and Mumba, because I think Mumba needs to be on the right-hand side, um, because he, he's very big, but Mumba needs to be on the left-hand side, beg your pardon, he's not good on the right-hand side, because that removes his ability to cut inside. So I'd go Edwards and Mumba. I think it's a bit of a Hail Mary. Just go back to the wing-back partnership that served us so well last season. Um, Edwards, just a bit of leadership, even if he's not good enough, frankly, based on current performances. Soren Ola's even worse, and he doesn't offer the leadership Edward brings. So I'd go Edwards and Mumba as the wing-backs. And the strikers, if we're going to go two up front, pick themselves, don't they, Whitaker and Hardy? So, um, or maybe maybe you might give Wayne a go just for rest and rotation, but I think if you're going three five two, let's put our best two attacking players in the two. Certainly for the first time, we can maybe rotate down the line. Um, then you've got Wayne Bundu to come off the bench. You've got Miller to come off the bench if needs be. Um, maybe reintegrate Callum Wright into the squad. Yeah, that's what I'd go for. I'd go three five two because, frankly, at the minute I hold my hands up. I was wrong. It can happen. Um, four three four three isn't working. We need to either go back to four three three. Or give three five two a go. That's my take. Score prediction, Sam. Um, I think we will play three four three, sadly, and I think it'll be a three 0 defeat. Yeah, Finn, you said what was it you said, Finn? Three one yeah. defeat. Oh, two 0 Okay. Yeah. I'll go I ain't gonna score. <laughs> I'll go no no, I'll go four one in the in the Bristol uh, city mould. Um yeah, I mean there's there's been a few questions asking about whether uh, Cooper should start. I just, I just think that's a bit soon, and I think that's potentially. Yeah, he, he's not. I mean, I think that's just not realistic. He's not in full contact training at all. Um, if he was in full contact training, you'd maybe then say, do you run the risk of him not having the match sharpness? But when he's in, when he's not even in contact training, I think that's sadly total dreamland. I think he's probably maybe after the next international break we might see him, but I'd be surprised if we saw him before then. Sadly, because we need him, but we can we can't rush him back. We don't want to ruin his knees permanently, do we? No, exactly. Should we call that a night? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm tired. I say over. Uh, even if you said no, it's overruled. I'm going to bed. Uh, thanks to everybody who's joined us tonight on another live episode of Green and White. Brought to you by Argo Life. Be sure to find us and follow us on your 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 media platforms. Your your Spotify. Your Apple pods and um what's it called youtube that's what it's called uh make sure you follow us on uh twitter facebook instagram and tiktok um and we'll see you when's the next one oh post middlesbrough cheers guys cheers cheers all
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.